It's Friday, October the 2nd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, the EU starts Brexit legal action and Cambridge Uni drops fossil fuel investments. First, the world in brief. The European Union took legal action against Britain over its internal markets bill, which would overturn commitments made in the Brexit withdrawal treaty. The dispute could go to the European Court of Justice. Britain has a month to reply before the case proceeds. The two sides remain in negotiations. The lawsuit, though expected, turns up the heat on both sides. The University of Cambridge promised to divest its £3.5 billion, $4.5 billion endowment from fossil fuels by 2030. The decision follows sustained pressure from student campaigners, which has prompted similar decisions at other universities. Cambridge plans to invest in renewable energy instead, and aims to reduce its greenhouse gas emissions to net zero by 2038. Spain's national government imposed quarantine restrictions on Greater Madrid, the country's coronavirus hotspot, which accounts for a third of its recent COVID-19 cases. Non-essential trips into and out of the region are to be banned, and social gatherings limited to six people. But Madrid's Conservative government says that the socialist national government has no legal basis for the measures. Russia offered to hold peace talks between Azerbaijan and Armenia to end the fighting in Nagorno-Karabakh. Vladimir Putin, Russia's president, also discussed the conflict with Emmanuel Macron, the president of France. Both called for a ceasefire. More than 100 people have died in clashes around the breakaway region, officially part of Azerbaijan, but governed by ethnic Armenians in recent days. America's Commerce Department said that household income, what people receive in wages, investments and government benefits, fell by 2.7% in August from the previous month because emergency unemployment payouts came to an end. Consumer spending continued to grow, but at a slower rate, which could dampen the country's economic recovery. President Donald Trump said that he and his wife, Melania Trump, had been tested for COVID-19 and would begin our quarantine process after a high-profile counsellor was diagnosed with the virus. Hope Hicks had accompanied Mr Trump to the presidential debate in Ohio on Tuesday and to a campaign rally in Minnesota on Wednesday evening. And the Supreme Court of Ireland ruled that the bread served in Subway sandwiches meets the legal definition neither of bread nor of a staple food because it contains too much sugar. The American fast food chain's local franchisee was appealing against a previous decision so that its products might be exempted from value-added tax. And now here's today's agenda. Golf Prize Florida's Voters Donald Trump is fighting hard for Florida. Only two states, California and Texas, offer more electoral votes and Florida swings. Just once in the past 12 presidential elections in 1992 has it voted for the loser. Polls show an exceptionally tight race. Today, the president will appear at a rally in the city of Sanford. He and Mr Biden are fighting particularly hard for the state's Latino and elderly voters. Mr Trump is overperforming among the former and underperforming among the latter. A recent Univision poll showed Mr Biden winning 52% of Latino voters in Florida, compared with 66% in Texas. That is partly because roughly one-third of Florida's Hispanics are Cuban, a traditionally Republican group. Mexican-Americans more often vote Democrat. Grey-haired Floridians could help Mr Biden, however. 
A recent poll shows him leading 49% to 48% among voters over 65, who make up 21% of Florida's population. Floridians should expect an onslaught of attention from the campaigns. Still booming? America's labor market. In recent months, America's job figures have surprised even the most optimistic economists. After peaking at almost 15% in April, the unemployment rate has since dropped into single digits, smashing the consensus forecast, which expected it to remain above 10% at least until 2021. Will the jobs report for September, published this morning and the last before the election, contain more good news? Real-time data from the private sector suggests that employment has been stagnant for weeks. But such sources have in recent months done a poor job of predicting official figures. Other evidence, including daily credit card spending, suggests that even though the virus continues to spread, people are still going out and buying stuff. The average forecaster believes that America added 850,000 jobs in September, which would be enough to bring down the unemployment rate by a tiny amount. But don't be surprised if the labour market once again beats expectations. Thirty years on. German reunification. Tomorrow, Germany marks the 30th anniversary of its reunification. It will be a relatively muted affair, thanks in part to COVID-19 restrictions on public assembly. Yet, Germany has much to be proud of. When the Berlin Wall fell in 1989, many Europeans feared unifying East and West would revive the old German threat to continental security. These days, they are more likely to seek leadership from a country still reluctant to get too far ahead of its European partners, especially on foreign policy. The picture is more mixed inside the country. A stubborn East-West gap in income and productivity has proved hard to close, and a simmering resentment among some Ossis, former East Germans, about their place in the country has found expression in outsized support for the radical right alternative for Germany party. Still, unlike their forebears, Easterners will not be imprisoned for their views. Horror every day. Rape and murder in India. The fate of a 19-year-old from Hathras in Uttar Pradesh is so abhorrent as to confound description. Fifteen days after being gang-raped, allegedly, and mutilated, she died in hospital in Delhi on Tuesday. This recalls the murder of another teenager in Delhi in December 2012, which became a symbol of revolting misogyny and also a rallying cry for millions of Indians. Further, the young woman from Hathras was a Dalit, from the most oppressed category of the traditional chaste system. Her killers were Thakurs, a group that now dominates Uttar Pradesh. That state's ill-treatment of the victim adds another layer of outrage. Police cremated her remains without her family's consent, then claimed forensic evidence showed there had been no rape. As in the case from 2012, newspapers are suddenly devoting front pages to similar crimes. They are not hard to find. Reports of three equally horrific rapes elsewhere in northern India have emerged in the past two days. Rebel Spirit Oromo Harvest Festival Ethiopia's largest and lately most rebellious ethnic group, the Oromo, celebrates its annual Thanksgiving this weekend. Tensions are high. Recent festivals have been marred by protests and violence. In 2016, a stampede triggered by heavy-handed policing of demonstrations left possibly hundreds dead. 
The tragedy was a turning point in the protest movement, which, in 2018, brought to power Abiy Ahmed, a young reformer from Aromia who promised redress for what Aromos claim is centuries of political and economic marginalisation. But as Prime Minister, Abiy has lately fallen out of favour with many Aromos, who claim he has turned his back on their cause and reverted to the authoritarianism of his predecessors. Several influential Aromo opposition leaders are behind bars, accused of inciting violence. Riots in Aromia in July resulted in at least 166 deaths. This year's festivities will be tightly controlled and attendance limited. For many Ethiopians, a calm and orderly weekend will be reason enough to celebrate. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Emile Zola, who died on September 29th, 1902. One forges one's style on the terrible anvil of daily deadlines. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And if you enjoy our journalism, please consider taking out a subscription. You can go to economist.com forward slash voice offer to get 12 issues for $12. 